0: Good morning, everyone. How is everybody? I'll tell you what, I have been very excited about this morning. I can't even tell you how excited about this morning that I am. Um, We will be going through a second court. Uh, I'm going to read the transcript from that. There's a lot to actually go over today. I actually, actually printed it so I could read it better. So... Hopefully I will not miss anything. But um, I want to mention a couple other things, too, though, before we get into this. Um, first of all, if you have not read Lana yet this morning, read it. No. Well, not right now, but no, right after service, maybe. Um, but definitely read it. I think it will encourage you. Uh, I loved, as, as I I was reading through it, um, the Lord put in there my life verse, Psalm twenty-seven four, which I remember as a kid, you know, you do things as a kid kind of in strange ways, because I remember as a kid it was important to have a life verse, because you weren't a Christian without a life verse, and so I'm studying and I, I'm reading and I'm trying to decide what my life verse is, and everybody had all these common ones, and I wanted to be different, and... And so I can't even tell you how I came up with this being my life first. I just remember reading it and thinking, "Yeah, I want that." Yeah, yeah, that. I really want that. Okay, that's my life first. And <laughs> Psalm 27:4, "One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple what I didn't realize is how exact and accurate that cry from my heart would become to inquire in his temple. so I didn't know what that meant. In fact, it didn't even hit me until just this morning, the weight of what that means. But this morning, we're going to be going over the second court case and... I share this with you online, not so much for the people that are going to listen to it now, but for the millions that will listen to it later. This is a very unique court. This is a court that drives the decisions of the world, that drives the decisions of nations. We call it the Court of Nations, I I I don't know, I can't say that the Lord necessarily told me that name, but he may have, that's just what we call it, but I have a feeling that that's what he calls it as well. Last week I shared the transcript over the spirit Jezebel, the Jezebel spirit that was over this nation, specifically America. And this next spirit that we were told to take to court was the religious spirit. And I am going to, I'm just going to get into the transcript. Then we'll go from there. But Father, I pray, Lord, that you guide my words. That even as I'm reading from this transcript, Father, that you have your will. It is not my desire to have mine. It is my desire and my proclamation and my declaration to do your will. Father, we love you. We love you because you first loved us. We give you our yes, Father. Just as what Lana said, like a bunch of chickens running around saying, yes, 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 yes. But it's time to soar as eagles. So Father, take our yes and do with it what you want. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, as I said, this is a very unique court. We've been in there three times specifically. The first time was a coronation of sorts. It was Zechariah chapter 3. It was a cleansing of the bride. It was a cleansing of ignition. The second one was last the week before Thursday when we were told to take the religious spirit over America to the court. Then this past Thursday was the religious spirit. Wait, did I say that? No, before it was Jezebel spirit, my bad. Here, I'm reading. <laughs> this past Thursday was the religious spirit. I, I'm going to say something else. I thought I was supposed to before, and then, then I felt like I wasn't, and now he keeps reminding me, so I'm going to say it. This same process is going to be done in seven places. Because there are seven generals... That Satan has in his army, the first one was Abaddon, which we all know, we've talked about that. Certainly over America, but not just America, over North America, Central America, and South America, over that entire region. But the other six will be dealt with in the same way. I'll leave it there. So we began this group that the Lord had called together. We began by preparing our hearts, and then I called us into the court. And from here I'm just going to read. Father, we worship you and we praise you, Lord. Lord, you are good, and we ask in Jesus' name that you allow the eight of us to come into your court of nations. Give us access, Father, I ask in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Then Shannon spoke, who is our seer, and said, I see the doors to the Court of Nations, which as you guys know are heavy metal, very thick and etched. And I hear them beginning to move. As I have shared before, they are thick. The sound of them moving is like a really big roar. The sound of very large Full pieces of metal moving and gliding We are entering And we are wearing the same thing We were wearing in the ready room just now Which is that armor I spoke of before Are we all in? Shannon said yes I said, Father, with your permission We'd like to sing to you I ask in Jesus' name The father responded, The Court receives your praise. I said, This is our declaration, and we began to sing. Upon completing the worship, we said, Lord, I said, Lord, we love you, we praise you. We come here to request the trial for the spirit of the religious spirit. I compel the court to summon that spirit here with any representation that they are allowed. I ask this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The father said, state for the record on behalf of what nation you have come. I said, I have come on behalf of the United States of America. And specifically that region that was controlled by Abaddon. As his authority has been turned over to me. So I come for that land and for this country, the United States. I state this in Jesus name. The Father said be compelled before this court come and stand trial. Shannon said I feel and I hear and see winds. Roaring winds gathering and entering the court. They are taking on the form of a dragon but it's not fully dragon. It's dragon with lion like features, very large. I said is Satan with him or other representation. She said I see a man in a suit. It is the represent I said is it the representative or another one? She said it is not clear to me who he is. I said father I ask that once these proceedings begin now by the way just so everybody is aware This representation, this man in the suit, and we've dealt with many in there, but uh, he is human. He is a witch, and he is of human origin. Although this was a different representative than I dealt with last time, which is good for that last one to not come back. I said, Father, I ask that once these proceedings begin, that no other representation is allowed. So I ask in Jesus' name that if Satan chooses not to be here now, he cannot come here later. And the representation that the Spirit has at the beginning, he has for the course of this trial. I ask in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The Father asked, is this all the representation has for the defense? Shannon said, this representative man speaks and says, we will proceed as we have planned. He is turning to the door and I see who I believe is Satan walking in. I said, Father, I ask with your permission. If their counsel is set, I ask to continue with my presentation. I have it broken down into three categories. And in Jesus' name, I ask permission to lay out the first category. The Father said, yes, present your case. I said, today we are in this trial regarding the religious spirit. The religious spirit that is many tentacles. I want to begin by defining what the religious spirit is. Religion is about systems designed by men. It is... A structure of control. The religious spirit is Satan's method of keeping men in the controlled in that controlled environment, void of any relationship with God. It is the tool that He uses to keep man's eyes off of God and on their own control. Father, I would first like to submit his evidence Matthew six, verses one through thirty-three. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. For they disfigure their faces in their fasting, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but... By your father who is in secret And your father who sees in secret will reward you Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth Where moth and rust rust destroy And where thieves break in and steal But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven Where neither moth nor rust, rust destroys And where thieves do not break in and steal For where your treasure is There your heart will be also you cannot serve God and money therefore i tell you do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body what you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing look at the birds of the air they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not of more value than they And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field... Which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you have little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious of, do not be anxious saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Father, we submit this as evidence because this is the very verse that you founded Ignition upon. It is the verse that precipitated relationship. Which is the opposite of control. And control is the predominant factor in the religious spirit. Father, I also submit Matthew 23... Verses 1 through, I think it's 36, as evidence of your hatred for this spirit. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So do and observe whatever they tell you, but do not the works they do. For they preach, but do not practice. And I broke in and said, "And Father, I submit as I am reading this, That this is an example of the religious spirit That the Pharisees were driven, possessed, and filled with the religious spirit I continued with the word of God They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders But they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their finger in their fringes long and they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others but you are not to be called rabbi for you have one teacher and you are all brothers and i broke in again And said, and Father, I submit right there that this is what you have called ignition to. You separated us out from other churches. Even when we sought out the connection and the association with those churches, you did not allow it. Because you said that you would teach us. And that your word would teach us. So again, you singled out in relationship opposite of what the religious spirit is. And I continued with the word. And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut down the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. For you neither enter yourself nor allow those who would enter to go in. Woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte. And when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. Woe to you blind guides. Who say, if anyone swears by the temple, it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, he is bound by the oath. You blind fools. For which is greater? The gold or the temple that has made the gold sacred? And you say, if anyone swears by the altar, it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the gift that is on the altar, he is bound by his oath. You blind men. For which is greater? The gift... Or the altar that makes the gift sacred. So whoever swears by the altar swears by it and by everything on it. And whoever swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And whoever swears by heaven swears by the throne of God. And by him who sits upon it. Woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Hypocrites. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the monuments of the righteous, saying, If we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. Thus you witness against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your fathers, you serpents, you brood of vipers. How are you to escape being sentenced to hell? Therefore I send you prophets and wise men and scribes. Some of whom you will kill and crucify. And some you will flog in your synagogues and persecute from town to town. So that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on earth. From the blood of righteous Abel. To the blood of Zechariah the son of Berechiah. Whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. Truly I say to you all these things will come upon this generation. I then said, Father, I feel compelled to go back and read two verses. Therefore, I send you prophets and wise men and scribes, some of whom you will kill and crucify, and some you will flog in your synagogues and persecute from town to town, so that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on earth, from the blood of righteous Abel, to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Berechiah. I said, Father, I submit that this has come true because of the religious spirit. I submit that it is the church that has killed more righteous people in history than anyone else in the world. I submit that a single pope, in the name of righteousness, in the name of God, in the Catholic faith, Killed more Christians under his hand than were than were killed, than people were killed in the Holocaust than were killed at any other single time. So Father, verse thirty-five, that was prophetic then has come true, and I submit it as evidence in Jesus' name. Father, you have also said that false Christs and false prophets will arise And deceive many. We have Matthew 24. Verses 23 to 28. To submit as evidence. I will have Wendy read this passage. Shannon then said. Just for the record. Before you asked Wendy. If she wanted to speak. The father spoke and said. Allow Wendy to speak. Then Wendy said. Can I say what is on my heart? I said yes. Speak loudly. And he said, Father, you showed me this early this morning, and you expounded on it earlier today. I will read it first, then I will say for the record what you showed me. Then she read. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect See, I have told you beforehand. So if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. Then Wendy said, Lord, what you have said to me earlier today is that the religious spirit has killed many of the earlier prophets, many of your children spiritually, and the enemy, because of the blocking of them from getting to know you, has swooped in and as a vulture comes after the carcass that is dead. The enemy has tried to come after your children and tried to kill them spiritually before they even get a chance to know you for who you are. And the love that you have to give them. Father, I submit this as evidence that the enemy has done this to your children for multiple and multiple years. He has swooped in and tried to kill them before they can even develop. Then I said, Father, what this religious spirit did in the times of old, before your son came and became a man, carries on. What Wendy read, that was prophetic as she stated and submitted as evidence, has become truth. Has been proven out over and over again. Where these false Christs step up and they deceive the world. Father, I also submit Mark chapter 18 verse 15. That tells us to, quote, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, end quote. Which is the religious spirit. Spirit and, quote, beware of the leaven of Herod, end quote. Father, I submit that this is another portion of the religious spirit. Some might call it the political spirit, but it is the religious spirit permeating political things. You told us in your word to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Father this religious spirit uses the law incorrectly It uses the law to kill I submit for evidence 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 Verses 4, 5 and 6 Which says Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us But our sufficiency is from God Who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Father, I submit that your law is perfect. It was perfect. It will always be perfect. But when applied to imperfect man, it destroys. It kills. It will never be able to lift up. That is why you sent your son with his willingness to become a man, to live a sinless life on this earth, to give his life on the cross for our sin, to spend three days setting captives free and then rising from the dead, then sitting at your right hand, even in this court. It was because the law kills that you offer this new covenant. But the religious spirit uses the old covenant. And I'm talking about the spirit that stands in this courtroom. Uses your perfect law to bring destruction upon your children and upon those who don't know you. Jesus' plan for us was to be led and filled by the Holy Spirit who gives life. Life. Father, I give an example of the difference between the law that brings death and the spirit that brings life. For Father, when the law was given and Moses came down off of the mountain and he saw the children of Israel with the golden calf, that then led to 3,000 of them dying because they were under the law. In contrast, I submit that in Acts chapter 2, when you fell on the disciples in the upper room and they came out and Peter spoke and shared life and you filled his mouth with your words and the Holy Spirit spoke life, 3,000, the same number, were saved. They were made whole. They were not destroyed. This is the new covenant that you offer the difference between the religious spirit who uses the product of death and your Holy Spirit who facilitates relationship with you, the differences are clear and stark. It is therefore concluded that the religious spirit is a spirit used and controlled by Satan to manipulate mankind into believing in their own efforts to draw close to God. Father, this is not just in your bride. Although it permeates your bride But this also permeates this land It permeates those who do not even believe in a God Or in God I submit the religious spirit Has as much hold on them as any other Because it is not a religion of the God who is God For to some the earth is their God The trees are their God. The atmosphere is their God. To some, they are their own God. I submit this is the religious spirit and that spirit's effect on this country. That is the conclusion of the submission of the first, of this first part. I submit all that in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Then the Father said, Does the defense have any evidence to present? Then Shannon said, The man stepped forward and I will repeat as he speaks. Yes, I am Stephen, And I am here to represent the defense. I will present my case in defense of what you have said. You say that God's children are as a carcass picked over by vultures. And we are the vultures But does your word But does not your word say That the righteous should stumble But never fall How can we be held responsible When according to your word They should never fall Do they not have the power Do they not have the authority You bring before the story Of the three thousand When Peter spoke What about But what about Acts 5, when Ananias and Sapphira were struck dead? Do we not have the right to destroy those who are dishonest before you? Is that what you are saying? That these righteous leaders are dishonest before you? They were struck dead then, after Christ. Why not now? The defense rests its case. I said, Father, if I may. Father said, yes. I said, you pull together three things that need to be separate. First, let's separate those who do not know the Lord. You have an influence over this country which permeates those who do not invite it in. It permeates those who do not know the Lord as well as those who do. The influence is there because it has authority in this country. I am not here to argue individual authority, for this is not the place for that. I am here to argue a governmental influence. Secondly, when it comes to a Christian, and Stephen, you would not understand this. And then I said, Father, forgive me for speaking to him directly. But when a person is saved, it actually needs to be broken down into a couple categories. The initial salvation is really what is called justification. Someone is justified of their sin because Jesus' blood has covered their lives and has purchased their eternal life. The next part that needs to be separated out is relationship. For the relationship is built in getting to know who God is. The intimacy of spending time with Him, of knowing His Word, but knowing the power and fluidity of the Holy Spirit through their lives. This is how relationship grows. It cannot be done without the Holy Spirit. Therefore, it cannot be done by simply knowing the law. And Father, I submit because of Your grace and mercy that we even live another moment in this life. You said it was your desire that none should perish, but all should have everlasting life. So in the grace that you give in breathing another moment or living another day holds no bearing on the influence of the religious spirit. But yet, Father, I do want to point out that this is evidence of Satan's desire to steal, kill and destroy, which is opposite of your will. Father, I submit that I am surprised, honestly, that Satan came here tonight. Because he runs the risk, as evidence is presented, of being attached to that. So, Father, I do submit this evidence that I just stated as Satan's attachment to this religious spirit. And finally, to answer about Acts chapter 5. Ananias and Sapphira... They lied to the very Holy Spirit that would facilitate relationship. They did not lose their salvation, for even now they are witnesses in heaven. But what they lost and made the choice to lose was relationship as facilitated through the Holy Spirit. I don't know their hearts, neither does the defense. But Father, you are righteous, and your decision was perfect. And it offends me that your decision was even questioned. The prosecution rests. Then Stephen said, Let the record show that I, Stephen, have presented myself as representative and no one else. I then said, May I speak, Father? Father said, Yes. I said, Let the, thro- let the record show that Satan is a coward. And he sends messengers to fulfill his own speech. Yet again, another piece of evidence of him taking advantage of the very, very people that you sent your son to die for. Father, I submit this in Jesus name. Shannon then said, the courtroom bursts into much uproar. The sound of many voices in the air and the father is called order. The father said, shall we continue? I said, yes, I will move on to the second category if it pleases you, Father. We have established who the religious spirit is and what it does. But for the purpose of this trial, it is important to show where it gained authority in this country. For again, we are not here to bring the trial, to bring to trial the authorities of an individual, but the influence of a nation. I submit as the first piece of evidence the first amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America. It says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, or or prohibiting the free exercise of speech thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble, and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Father, this was ratified December 15, 1791, shortly after we became a nation. I submit that Satan used our third president, the writer of the Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson, as the conduit where the religious spirit first gained access and authority in our government. That in the last two centuries has permeated every part of our governmental makeup Father, I submit what I know of Thomas Jefferson's life But Father, you know who he was You know in whom he believed For the purposes of this court I will offer his evidence of his own personal Bible He took the King James Bible focused solely on the four Gospels and took a penknife and cut out every reference to Christ's divinity. In addition, he wrote some of his own passages that he would play off as your word. But again, in his Bible, he cut out all the signs of Jesus' divinity. It was Thomas Jefferson's conviction that religion was a very personal matter. One which the government had no business getting involved in. He took his own views of who God is and who his son is and let those views stifle the relationship between the United States and God that was first established in the first two presidents of our country. As President Jefferson discontinued the practice started by by his predecessors George Washington, and John Adams of proclaiming days of fasting and thanksgiving. Jefferson was a staunch believer in the separation of church and state. I submit that Thomas Jefferson decided in his presidency that God no longer needed to be in government, but that it needed to be separate. He was not going against the First Amendment because it included that government would not tell people how to believe. But it went even further to say that the church could not tell government how to act. And there was the sin. There was the entrance. Jefferson wrote a letter to the Danbury Baptist Association in 1802. The letter contains the phrase, quote, Wall of separation between church and state, end quote. Which lead to the shorthand for the establishment clause that we use today. We hear it all the time. Separation of church and state. It was Thomas Jefferson who said this, not our own government's constitution. So I submit it was not the will of even our forefathers, even the first two presidents, of the United States It was not even their will That it be separate It was not the Constitution's will It was certainly not your will Father I ask that you open the books for this country And see what your plans were from the very beginning It was never your will for there to be a wall Between this government and you Father I submit the, in- the intent from our forefathers from those who came over and bled and died and gave their lives to establish this country, was to have a freedom of religion, but not a freedom from God. I submit William Penn and his prayers to you. I submit the days he would go into the forest for days upon a time and just pray over this land, the very land that we are sitting on right now. Praying over the land that would become the United States of America. You revealed a few years ago that you were answering William Penn's prayers. I submit as evidence that the original intent of our first forefathers was not a separation from you, but an embracing of you and a separation from the tyranny of the religious spirit. That's where they were in England. The religious spirit permeated where they came from. That's what they were running from, from this religious spirit. So the original intent of this government was not separation from you, but instead for you to permeate every piece of it. The religious spirit in our government gave rise to our current media situation where righteousness and God, specifically churches, have no real voice in the media. The religious spirit made God and government separate, which allowed other spirits full control of the media that was constitutionally given free speech. Freedom of speech and freedom of government interference in the practice of religion were both given in the same amendment. And I submit as evidence right now the state of our government The state of our media, where churches and pastors and ministry leaders feel that they cannot raise their voices. Pastors are afraid to speak truth from the pulpit against this country that has taken advantage due to the religious spirit that has stifled their voices. Father, this isn't right. It was never your intention It was never even the intention of the forefathers of this country. But yet we have a media today, the most powerful way of influence, film and sound. And that media controls that narrative. The media is controlled by the religious spirit. Therefore, the religious spirit controls the narrative. Father, we have seen it play out in our government so heavily. Where in the media Out in front of everybody is the evidence of crimes in high levels of our government. Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, Brennan, Clapper, Comey, many others. Father, the evidence is out there for everyone to see. I submit it's because of the religious spirit that there is nothing being done about it. Because a veil is being placed over the eyes of people through this religious spirit. Father, the religious spirit is all about control and manipulation. This is exactly what is at work in our government right now. I submit that the religious spirit has opened doors of access and governmental leadership to many other spirits that have silenced the voices of your children. Father, I ask forgiveness on behalf of this government, on behalf of the United States of America, on behalf of your children that are subject to it. I ask forgiveness for the doors that were opened by Thomas Jefferson and subsequently others that have taken your word out of our government, that have taken the very idea of relationship with you and made it taboo. Father, that is what has brought about the gods of gay marriage. The gods of transgender. The gods of abortion. I submit it is the religious spirit that kills. As we have established and you have established in your word. It's the religious spirit that kills even the people that don't know they are being killed. Because this spirit has been able to put a veil over this country for so long. And controlled the influential media for so long. That many people don't even have the clear choice in front of them. That is why this spirit must be gone. And its authority must be stripped. I submit this evidence of the open door in Jesus name and by the power of his blood. Then Bryn leaned over and whispered to me. And then I said. Father, sorry to interrupt, but can I offer one more piece of evidence? And he said, yes. I said, Father, there is one other piece of evidence that I would like to submit because it, because it is a manipulation of the religious spirit to gain control of the churches, as I have revealed earlier, to silence their voices. This document, labeled the 501c3, that the government put that into place, was to gain authority and control over the churches. The amazing thing, Father, is that the churches don't have to do it to gain the tax advantage that they want to gain. I submit ignition as evidence of that. We are what you told us to be, which is an LCC. Or LLC, sorry. We are not a 501c3. We have no authority over us but you. So the government put into practice this idea to bring the churches under submission and it worked. As the larger majority of churches and ministries have become a 501c3 for the supposed benefits. And in signing that agreement they placed this government as their authority. I submit this was another tool of the religious spirit to silence the voice of your children in this country. I submit this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Then Shannon said, the representative is speaking. Several times he started to speak and then stopped. These are his words. The defense demands a reconvening of these proceedings. And then there was a little bit of time, and he said, allow us to present our case. Then the father responded and said, this court will take a short recess before we decide. And I won't say anything that was said in the recess, because that was being hidden within the group. But I will say this. There was a clarification made, and to clarify, Satan is asking for another trial date for them to have time to prepare a defense. And they said, we have not had that much time ourselves. And we said the same thing. Then Shannon began to hear the gong being struck, and then the courtroom appeared before her again. The father said, the defense first recess has been used. Then Stephen said, we have come to a decision. The father then said, I will allow a reconvening, but Stephen, you do not have the same opportunity as you do tonight. If you present your case tonight, you will have the right to speak as long as you wish. If you demand of this court to reconvene, I will allow it, but there will be a price. There will be a cost. Then I asked, Father, may I speak? And he said, Yes. I said, Father, I submit that Satan has had 5,700 years to plan for this. He's had all the time that he needs to plan for this. If he is a coward and doesn't want to speak himself, then it is his problem to choose somebody that he has not prepared themselves enough to go through it tonight. I submit that your children have been waiting and have been under the thumb of this spirit for two centuries in this country. To wait even a day buys them time. Doesn't change their argument. It doesn't change the facts. It buys them time to hurt more people. That's all it does. I plead with this court. I plead with you, Father, not to allow them To have a continuance. But father if that is your will. Because we want your will. Then I ask two things to happen. In the next portion of this trial. I ask that Satan represented himself. And every word he speaks. Be written down into the log. And hold him accountable to it. And I ask that if Stephen even tries to come back. That it will cost him his life. Because of what they are asking for is to affect the lives of millions and millions of people For the time between now and the continuance I submit this in Jesus name and by the power of his blood Then the father said does the defense agree with these terms There was some delay in the defense talking amongst themselves Then Stephen came back and said The defense requests to move for another recess. father said, granted. In this recess, we didn't talk much. We just could feel Satan's back against the ropes. Then we were summoned back in. The father said, let the record show the defense has used their second recess, which they have three. Has the defense come to an agreement? Stephen said, yes. We will not be convening another day. We ask that the remaining evidence of the prosecution be presented in full. Father said, is that all? The defense rests for now? Does the prosecution have a statement to make? I said, I do. (laughs) Father, I submit that the defense has no right to make the rules. I have levied charges they are to answer to those charges. Their tactics is to try to learn everything I have to submit so that they can have a recess, talk about it a little bit more, then decide if they want a continuance. Father, if a continuance is off the table and it will be completed tonight, then I am happy to give all of our evidence. I submit this in Jesus name and by the power of his blood The father's response was The impartiality of this court will be upheld The defense will maintain the right to pursue reconvening However The prosecution maintains the right to present their case However they wish I have spoken Then I said father If it is up to me as to how to present, then I have submitted my second section for rebuttal. If they have no rebuttal, then I will move on. I ask that if if there is no rebuttal to it, that it will be submitted as agreed to evidence. I submit this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Stephen then said, we do not agree that Thomas Jefferson is the origin of authority. We submit this to the court. Then I said, Father, I submit to agree... I, Father, I submit to agree or disagree is not legally binding. And if they are to disagree, to make it legally binding in this court, they must submit evidence. And I am assuming, because they have not done this, that they have none. And so, Father, I will leave that in your hands And we'll move on if it pleases the court. Then father said, I will not delay these proceedings if the defense will present no evidence. We will move on to the next portion of this case. I grow tired of asking if you have any evidence. If you have none, then speak plainly that you have none. Then Stephen said, At this time, we have no evidence to present before the court regarding the prosecution's second point. And I said, Father, if I may, I will move on to my third point with your permission in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Father said, proceed. I said, Father, in this last section, we state to establish your will, the will of God, the will of the creator, the will of the one who created me and all of us here in this courtroom. For it is the creator who decides what to do with his creation. So I feel it is important to submit into evidence your will. And you have spoken of this godlessness. This religious spirit would come in the last days. In 2 Timothy 3, 1-9 it says, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sin and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also oppose the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all as was that of those two men. Then I said, Father, it was Janice and Jambres who tried to reproduce the miracles opposite of Moses. They were magicians. They were the religious spirit. And you said in the last days it would have an appearance of godlessness, of godliness, appearance of piety. I submit so many politicians in our government that I could offer up as examples of this. Where they put out this aura That they are pious Righteous and right This appearance of godliness But they deny the power of God Father I also submit in verse 7 Quote always learning And never able to arrive At the knowledge of the truth End quote Father this is This circular motion Is a characteristic of the religious spirit It keeps you learning, 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 spinning, 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 yet never arriving at the truth because the very truth is burst out of the power that you have, and they say there is no power. Father, I submit, if they say there is no power, then why are they submitting to this court? It is because they know there is power. The religious spirit knows your power. So does Stephen. So does Satan. But the one, but ones who are influenced by this religious spirit are lied to and deceived, just as Eve was deceived to take the fruit. It was her hunger of knowledge and Adam's hunger of knowledge that drove them to the very sin that handed the deed of this earth over to Satan. The very sin that cost you your son. Father, I submit that all this all started with the religious spirit. I also submit as your will that you have promised that Jesus will judge the world. Acts 17, 30 and 31 talks about the judgment in the world. And that that is your will. That Jesus will come and judge the world. Father, I will have Wendy read this into the record. Then the father said, Let the court receive this witness, this record. Then Wendy read, The times of ignorance got overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance To all by raising him from the dead And let the record show that this is talking about Jesus Christ And the one who came and was raised from the dead Then I spoke I would also like to submit that your will is that Jesus will come in power But you will first ready your bride in the same way I submit Revelation chapter 19 verses 11 to 16 as evidence of your will. Then I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written on written that no one knows but himself. of the fury of the wrath of God, the Almighty. On His robe and on His thigh, He has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I submit this is your will, and Jesus will come, and He will rule with an iron fist all the nations. This He will do in the millennium. This He will do as a fulfillment of His promises to Israel being His children. But Father... When Israel rejected him as Savior and as Messiah, there was a new course put into place. One kept hidden in the Old Testament, as Paul explained to us, but was made clear when Jesus came, died, resurrected, and was rejected by his people. That plan was your bride, to ready your bride. Father, I submit the book of Zechariah as a revolving prophecy of what you will do with your bride first. And then what you will do with the children of Israel. This is your will as you have stated it in your word. This readying that you will do in the bride will come through faith. I submit Hebrews eleven thirty-two to 35. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Father, this was all perpetuated by faith. The very thing that you said in Hebrews 11:6 6 that pleases you. So I submit that it is your will to ready your bride. It is your will, Father, to bind, cast, strip of all authority, this spirit and all other spirits that go against your will. I further submit Philippians chapter 3, 8 through 11. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. In order that I might gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. But that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And may share his sufferings. Be like, become, becoming like him in his death. That by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Father, I submit that it is faith and not what the religious spirit represents that draws us closer to you. I submit that in my own life, that even once I was dead in sin, even knowing Christ as Savior, I was encumbered by the religious spirit. I didn't understand the power of the Holy Spirit, but you broke through that influence and you showed me what it means to have relationship with you. I am no different than anyone in your bride. I submit it as your will for the entire bride to know you in relationship. And Father, I finally submit Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. And in these verses, you state your will of how it should be, of how you want that relationship to be. I therefore a prisoner for the Lord One God and Father of all, who is over all, and through all, and in all. Then I said, Father, it doesn't get more plain than that. Your desire is for your bride to be in complete unity centered around you. The religious spirit denies the very workings of that relationship. I submit that the religious spirit is one of the most potent barriers between you and your bride. This is not your will. I've just read it out of your word. I submit all this as your will. What we request is a verdict of guilty against this spirit. I submit this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The prosecution rests. Then the father said, A closing statement is required from the prosecution. What would you have this court do in the finding of guilty of the defense? I said, it is the prosecution's desire that upon a verdict of guilty, that this spirit be bound, that all of its authority in this country on a corporate level, every bit of authority above individual authority, which is dealt with in a different court, be stripped of all power and all authority that they not be able to manipulate, that they not be able to work through one to affect another, that the power be gone. I ask that this spirit and its brothers and sisters be ultimately bound and cast to the abyss. I submit this in Jesus' name. The Father said, Does the defense have a closing statement, rebuttal, or request of this court? Stephen said, the defense concedes to have no further statement. However, the workings of my clients' brothers and sisters are beyond this nation and have no bearing on this case. The father then said, the evidence presented is irrefutable. Indeed, it condemns you to guiltiness. You have been defined. Your specific authorities... Exposed through the journals of Jefferson. My word and my will have been read into this court. My eye, my eyes are ever upon the truth. I find no bearing of your rebuttals concerning Acts chapter 5. I find no bearing in your comments of the righteous. You misrepresent this law. I find the religious spirit in all of her dealings in all of her works, guilty before this court. That is my verdict. What has been proposed by the prosecution will be given by this court. I strip you of power, of your power. I cast you far from this nation and from the influence of this nation on a high level. You are not cast to the abyss because of your dealings on an individual level. But the workings that you have on a national level are disbanded, effective immediately. Remove yourself from the government. Remove yourself from the influences of the media. Remove yourself from the education systems. Remove yourself from within the churches within this nation. I muzzle you. Let her be bound. Let every national influence be bound. Then Jesus stood and he took the stand to speak. Jesus said, let it be prophesied before the courts, Father, that the one whose lineage is tied to this specific religious spirit will come to cast. Let it be declared before your court, Father. It was right after that the gavel went down. Then I asked, "Father, I ask if you allow me to submit a clarification in Jesus name." When it was declared nationally, I asked that this also include or I asked that this also include the states because the states were influenced by the national movement of the spirit. So in reference to the government, our request is any government any governmental influence in America from the national level to the local level because all of those are lording over people. And so I ask that the authorities and influence be stripped from any level of government in America in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Then the father said, for the purpose and proceedings of this court, wherever you have found a platform, you must remove yourself. I said, thank you, Father. We love you and thank you and we submit ourselves to your will and we declare as Jesus did, your will be done. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you for allowing us to be here. We love you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. That was the court case and I know... We're running a little late here, but I think the Lord wants me to share these other things real quick. They're not long. It was very interesting after that court case that we had an individual court case yesterday on Saturday. And, I mean, you most of you have been through the courts. That's what that was. Um, but there were some things that happened that have never happened before. And I, I won't tell all the things that happened, but I want to share some, some of it. First, when I asked to go into the court, he wanted us to come to the ready room first, which we did. And some things were, were told there and explained there. But, um, but what came up in her court, in this girl's court, I do want to read just a couple things from uh, because it's just pretty amazing Um, okay it starts here this this person's name was melody and this is not anybody that knows anybody here she she drove hours to come and and do this yesterday and then hours to go back home this is not somebody that knows Ignition. In fact, met Bryn online, okay? And she lives uh, State College, I believe, PA, something like that, or somewhere out there. I'm just gonna read an excerpt from her because it has to do with the Court of Nations case that we just dealt with. First of all, we were surprised when we got into this court case because all the players were there. <laughs> I mean, which we don't normally see that, right? I mean, Stephen, the representative, was there. In fact, he represented, which is that's very odd. That's very different. Of course, there were many. I think you said about 120 witches. It was, it was four groups, four groups of uh, 30 or 40 or whatever it was. It was over 100, I think. Okay, um, and that's why Stephen was there. Abaddon was there. The lizard man was there, which we still don't know his name.
1: <laughs>
0: Tired of calling him that. And then, I can't remember, was Satan there? He was there, but
1: he wasn't,
0: he, he wasn't um, within reach. He wasn't within reach, which makes sense. But there was a point that came up in this in this trial that I want to read you. Stephen said before the court, he said, on record, we have authority to be active in Melody's life. An agreement was made from her ancestors, agreement involving land, the purchase and exchange, a partnership with the founder of this nation. Then, and, and this isn't word for word as, as much, except for what uh, the, the enemy says and what, what the, um, uh, the father says. Other than that, Bryn, Bryn puts it in, it's basic what it is. She, she put here, Greg counters and challenges before the court that information that he is withholding is pertinent to the case. That every accused has the right to face their accuser. This has great weight and that it is why they are here in force. By their very presence and secrecy shows the value of this information. See, he was holding a book. And in this book, he said, is all the information showing that they have right over Melody, and it had to do with land. Now, one, one thing I will say that did come up in the in the ready room before, and it was wild because the Lord opened Melody's eyes. And we've had that happen a few times, but she, she just said, I'm walking up these steps, and the Lord gave me a sword. She said, what am I supposed to do with that? I said, well, he'll tell you. Don't worry about that. And what was wild is is then, then Shannon was was explaining to her what the outside of the court looks like and you're walking up these steps because it's up on, on top of a hill. So this is keeping Melody in bondage, this evidence, without knowledge and stops her ability to be free. This is not right. I then asked for a ruling to state who it is that entered into this agreement with her ancestors. Then the father said to Stephen, if you have brought documentation as evidence to support your authority, you will reveal its origin. Stephen said, there was an agreement with Jefferson.
1: <laughs>
0: you can't you can't make this stuff up. I'm telling you, you cannot make this stuff up. Then it says, Greg requests that everything in the book be open for us to see, read, and understand. The father said, you will release the information nef- necessary for this court to bring a verdict of justice. Stephen said, I object. For these documents were not brought for the aid of the defense. They were brought to substantiate our authority in her life. I, then Greg states that the accuser's rights of deception have been broken. Because that was the first, the first spirit that we broke was deception. So the, the, Rights of deception have been broken. They cannot hold on to information pertinent to this authority. Melody should be allowed to know and understand what the piece of land was that has to do with this authority. Stephen then said, there was a piece of land purchased by Jefferson set aside for this purpose, given to the defendant's ancestors for an agreement. This location I retained the right to not disclose. Then Greg states that the accuser has no rights at all. The evidence for this property has to be proven in court. The court of exchange must be revealed, or the course of exchange must be revealed. Greg asks that the address and size of this property is revealed, and that he has not been allowed to withdraw, and, and he, meaning Stephen, is not allowed to withdraw in any way. In, in other words, what I mean by that is he, he can't say, okay, we just give up authority, never mind Pretend it all didn't happen. She can have her authority back, and we're just going to leave now that he's being forced to show this, this information. And so I asked that he not be allowed to withdraw in any way. The father said, does the accused have any statement that she would like to make? Asking of Melody. Melody speaks her right to have the information into the court. Greg submits that she has been bound by his authority, and the accuser must provide the knowledge of what this is. Shannon sees the representative conferring with the witches. And there there were over a hundred of them. If you require a recess, then take one. This is the father speaking. If you require a recess, then take one. Otherwise, there will be no conferring in my court. Produce the evidence. Substantiate your claims or relinquish your authority. The representative then asks for a recess. (laughs) Before they go to recess, I asked that they not be allowed to harm themselves before any of the required information is given. They are not allowed to give up their right of authority even through their death because of their choices to stay in this courtroom. And what I have to explain to you at the very beginning, I gave them an option. I I said, you can leave now, but if you stay, your life will be required of you today. You will not leave this courtroom alive. Now, I really thought that later I would, I would get a chance to share the gospel with them before, but we'll go on. The father said, the relinquishing of rights will be maintained. We will move to recess. Then, once the recess was over, the father said, shall we resume, resume proceedings? I said, yes, father. The father says, has the representative come to a decision Representative Stephen says, yes, we will not be relinquishing our authority. Father said, then produce your evidence. And he took some time and didn't want to do it and hemmed and hawed, and so I released Michael to help him. (laughs) Greg asked that if he does not release the information, that the entire book be confiscated in Jesus' name. Then Stephen said, I will not be coerced into full disclosure of this book. I will reveal the authorities of this land exchange. There is a land not far from Pennsylvania where a graveyard rests, where a church sits upon. It is this land that has brought this authority. To this day, it is our territory. The land no longer belongs to your family, meaning Melody's. It will not be seized by this court. I rest my case. Then Greg submits that all he has given is a description, not evidence. His questions asked plainly to be answered by the defense. Is this parcel of land now separated by I-95? Now 75 acres? Is this parcel where 300 years ago my 10th generation back grandfather helped to build? The church that is on there The representative said This representation Concedes these facts And verifies the defense's statement I said let the record show That this land is on Welsh Track Road That is in Greg's lineage Greg then asked about the authority Of this land He asked the court to compel The seal of this exchange Was it money? Blood? Or was it taken? The representative said, Stephen said, it was much greater than that. It was a concession to every political movement, an agreement to partner in the expression of ideas presented by Jefferson. I said, how did Jefferson gain access to this land in order to give it away? Stephen said, these lands were to be separated for the development of the area overseen by someone in relationship with Jefferson. He did not oversee it himself. I asked for clarity about the Welsh Tract and Welsh Tract Church because no history shows it ever being in the hands of Jefferson. I asked for revelation of how it came, how he came to own it. As to our knowledge, it was owned by William Penn before it belonged to the Welsh Tract Church. Stephen said, I would also argue that this is not pertinent to the case. Are we not here about the hold and authority over Melody's life? Then I submit that we are in pursuit of the truth. Human spirits have choice while demonic spirits do not have choice to lie in court. He is not offering evidence and history books do not contain this information. Then Stephen said, then let me be struck down if it, these facts be not true. And I said, it, it says, Greg appeals to the father to rule against the plan of delay that the prosecution has been attempting. This case affects a court of nations case. So he appeals for more time due to the fact that this case for individual freedom has, become, has bigger implications. That time... Not be an issue for this court case Okay, Then the father steps in (laughs) The father says It seems to me that there has been An attempt of manipulation in this court The information in which you have been Belligerent to revealing And it has been deemed And it has been deemed Belligerent in this court you will bring to trial. You will relinquish your authority. You will give up this book. You will bring these facts with you. Or we, you will bring these facts which you have not revealed in this court to trial before the court of nations. And you yourself, Stephen, will act as representative. You will be brought to trial. I am finished with this circus that you have led. And the father said, Melody, I ask that you step forward and draw your sword to bring destruction upon this book, which clearly has had authority in your life. Will you step forward? She said, yes. Father said, let it be done. And then the book was demolished. By the way, he told us in the ready room that that she was given this sword and it only had one place that It was to be placed. We just saw it. Then the father said, I will hear no more of this evidence. Since clearly they are corrupt, I demand those who have accusation of authorities to step forward and those who are brought here out of manipulation of this court. You will not leave here today except you and leave here today alive. Except you, Stephen. You will leave this moment. And he was sent away And I won't tell you the next part Mm -hmm. Um, The last thing that I want to share And I, I share this for those online You all have heard it a thousand times When you are waiting in faith For what God has Waiting in faith is a tough thing It's tough, especially when the circumstances seem the opposite. You know, when he said we would literally get smaller before we get bigger, right? He knows our hearts. And he knows it's tough. He knows it's difficult, and yet he still expects the faith. He expects us to have faith. But the beautiful thing that he does is he gives us these moments to hang on to with everything that we have. We're in the ready room. I don't even remember when this was. If it was before or after or if it was... I can't can't remember when this was. It was within this past week. But the Lord made a statement because I was talking to him about that very thing, about how difficult it is. Because I was talking about how coal was being hit now. And, and I remember his, his statement to that was, because I'm like, you know, what, what, what's going on? What, and all he said was about coal, he said, Satan is making a mistake.
1: <laughs> Those are
0: heavy words, man. Those are heavy words. But then after me sharing this to him, he made this statement, and I want to tell it to you because it will encourage your heart. It will go along with everything that you have heard prophetically outside of Ignition about the suddenlies, about the, even in Lana's post this morning, she talks about the tidal wave, right? That, that comes, and like when a tidal wave comes, it's not a little spritz on your face. It hits and you're engulfed. But this is what he said In the time of my friend Noah, I love that. In the time of my friend Noah, there was never a sign of rain. For days and days, there was no sign, even though it was prophesied. And all those who hated me went on making merry doing what they love until the waters came. The waters are coming. The waters are coming.
1: I really, um, I want to close this in prayer. Um, interestingly enough, the only thing that kept going through my mind was one of the blogs that Bryn wrote called Being Not Doing. And the effect of the religious spirit is impacts our ability to rest in the Lord without the doing. Now, I know there's the flip side of the coin where people need to step up. That's a different matter. But if you... You know, the Lord is searching for people that can just believe him. Believe him for the absurd. And depending on who you are, online, wherever, perhaps everything that you heard this morning is absurd. I can only imagine how absurd Noah felt that the instructions of building the ark were. And um, we need to kind of receive by faith the... um, the joy of the ridicule of sometimes what we're called to do because blessed are those who for doing my will get persecuted and get slandered and called names Um, because there will always be people that don't understand Um, but the being and not doing is really where the Lord wants us to be um, strong in he wants us to be able to choose him in our faith before the satisfaction or gratification of doing something for him in ministry and that is the reason why people church hop and the Lord reminded us the ladies this morning through what Wendy said we have seen a diminishing on the prayer call we've seen the numbers diminish and that can be for various reasons but I really agree with her it can be from distractions, it can be from other issues, but she mentioned that oftentimes it's because people tire of not seeing what they think they need to see that'll keep them in that place of pursuing God in prayer. And and bottom line is what it means is we just give up. When you understand the millionth time we say that word, relationship, you're driven to prayer because of who God is. And... His voice and his love over you. You don't just go to God again because he gave you what you wanted yesterday. He actually does always give us what we want. We just sometimes don't know what we want. And um, I shouldn't have had gum in my mouth. Um, But I just, Um, I don't really, this, this has been a long service, so I don't want to comment on on much more i just i just want to encourage you to love the lord for who he is and test your satisfaction in him in that personal place of relationship because i don't care what you're doing and and where you what you're going through if if you can't answer yes to the question is god enough just in general. Not enough in your finances. Not enough in your relationships. Because I think there are pockets of our life we would say yes to. Is God just enough? And, and I'll just end by saying this. When I came to Ignition through the calling, following my husband, I remember thinking, okay, this is not what I thought it would be. And God has recently revealed to me this new thing. And it is so... So different than I ever imagined. But um, you what you don't perhaps understand now, these messages are records of what we're about to see unfold. And so it may seem incredible, fantastical, odd. Um, the scripture, I don't think anybody has an argument with. The case to be made is great. But whether that case to be made was in an actual court of heaven may be a point of, of dispute because of you know not believing in things in the spirit I don't know but um, but God will prove out that it's very very real and um, so I'm I'm just excited about what he's doing and uh, I'm not finishing half of the thoughts in my head right now because there are too many and we just need to close but I'm going to pray Father God thank you thank you God for who you are thank you for your love thank you God that when we believe you As you told your disciples, blessed are those who believe. For they're going to see more of the things that they've never seen before. Because they've trusted. You've been able to trust them with what they already got from you. And Lord, we want to steward what you've shown us and believe it. With no doubt. So that more revelation of who you are will be revealed. Not just more knowledge. Not just to be puffed up with more wisdom and revelation of doctrine. That is important. But God, that I may know Him. For I know whom I've believed. God, I pray that you'd help us to just believe. To be in that place of peace in the being with you not having to necessarily be doing something that will satisfy an itch of what ultimately is the religious spirit. God, you are an awesome, wonderful God. Yes. And if ever doing something for you means more than just being with you, we are off base. Yes. We don't want to be off base. Help us to believe. And God, to trust you enough that if we do get off base, that we trust you enough to get us back on course. I thank you, God, in my own life, when you helped me to surrender that fear of, well, what if I get off track? Well, what if I start believing something that's crazy? I trust you enough, God, that if, if an earthly father, if we ask him for bread, will he, will he give us a stone? How much more will our Father in heaven not give us the Holy Spirit when we ask? Yeah. God, you are good. You love us. But you are a God of wonder. There are levels of authority that you're now calling us into to fight battles in the Spirit. And it is unfolding before our eyes. God, let us believe you for the exceeding abundantly above our understanding. We praise you and thank you for who you are and all that you've done in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.